Welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Jose. I'm Mike. And we're going to talk about A Wrinkle in Time, a new big budget uh, a film based on a, ch- a children's story. Uh, a beloved children's story, if the Americans are to be believed, mm. from 1962, although it's not one that I think is particularly well known over here. No, I, I don't, I've certainly it. never heard of it. From here on, uh, there's going to be spoilers. But if you're over six years old, it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other distinguishing factor is that it's directed by Ava DuVernay, uh, and that it's I think it's the first African American to have directed, you know, a hundred million dollar budget film or something like that. So well, uh, surely Ryan Coogler with uh, Black Panther. Sorry, uh, woman maybe. Oh, okay. Well, it's... or African American woman, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like you know. Uh, uh, in many ways, I don't care uh, because <laughs> I hated it. So, uh, um, what did you think? Yeah, it says that she became the first woman of color to direct a live action film over a hundred million dollar budget. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, I didn't hate it, but I think it's not for me. You, you, I could feel you kind of scoffing at one or two points. I think the film is not aimed at us, though. I think it's not aimed at us, and I accept it. You know, uh, but this is a screen full of children. Yes. So. Uh, so you know how it works on, and and in many ways, it's 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 the kind of film you wish for children because you know the thing is that you know many of the sentiments I agreed with, uh, you know it's a it's a it's a film that teaches children the value of knowledge and of science and you know the value of reading, mm. you know and so on. So it's also I mean I mean there were things that are still surprising in American cinema. And that you're shocked that they're still surprising in American cinema. So, for example, it's very clear that, you know, what we're seeing is a mixed-race family. Now, you know, why a mixed-race family should still continue to surprise, you know, is, is surprising. <laughs> so, but I registered that. I also noticed, for example, you know, that kind of the youngest child was sat by a photo of James Baldwin uh, uh, sitting in the same position. And I kind of was quick to register that, you know, the great James Baldwin has rarely been used iconographically like that in American cinema. Mm. The heroine is a girl, uh, you know, and it's a, a young black girl, which is also unusual in American cinema. Well, mixed race. You know, her dad's uh, white, her mum's okay, black. Okay, sorry, yeah. mixed race. Um, you know, so all of that is is unusual, praiseworthy, whatever. But I just hated the tone of it. I think the most interesting thing about the film is its representation because I think um, there there have been films like this before and they have been equally mediocre and equally kind of full of plot inconsistencies and stuff that really doesn't matter to kids. But the central interesting thing about this is that it's representing people who really just don't get the chance to be represented in this way. It's representing, as you say, a mixed race family. And it it is notable for that reason. Mm. I I think there are lots of people out there uh, who are now kind of grown black men and women who would have killed for the opportunity to have a film like this when they were kids. Possibly. That in, in itself makes it valuable. Well, yeah, those things are important to me. However, the smugness of this film, oh, really? I wanted to shoot everybody. I hate that. I hate that point of view. And actually, I think it's kind of, you know, when 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 Oprah Winfrey appears... As like you know, in the, like a like a overdressed drag queen from heaven or whatever, 
you know, and begins to lecture everybody about how things should be and love and whatever. And you, I just really, yeah. I hated it. <laughs> right. I and mean, actually, it I is just for kids, though. That is just, it's pure. I, I mean, so, from, from an adult perspective, a lot of it is very trite uh, and very simplistic and pretty dumb as well yes. uh, from a kind of logical consistency point of view. But for, from a kid's point of view, I think it's bright and colourful and magical and says all the right things and is, is probably pretty good for kids. Well, I don't know that, right? I mean, I can only respond as myself. Yeah, sure. Right, so, and I hated it. And I hated it, you know, because it, it, it kind of also falls into what I see as a social thing. So, for example, you know, I'm into political correctness in a way. I want people to be careful about the language that they use. And I want people to understand that, you know, if somebody uses a word that they tell you hurts them, change the words you use. What's the big deal? Right? Like kind of, you know, words have meaning and power, you know, and, and kind of words act on people or the effect of words act on people. So, you know, I'm all for political correctness. But actually, I think what people, what other people criticize political correctness for yeah, is something that I think this film is greatly guilty of. This this incredibly arrogant smugness, you know, of how things should be. You know, this 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 idea that kind of all of these people who made the film and all the people who contributed to the film, and Oprah primarily, you know, kind of that they know all the answers and they're letting you in on the secret. Not only letting you in on the secret, but actually almost kind of quasi-ordering you to behave in those. That's the only proper way of behaving. I just, I hate that and I resent that and I think it's bad policy and bad politics. I, I, didn't, I didn't say it quite that way. I thought it's, it's just, it's um, quite explicitly teaching kids certain kind of moral lessons about how they should behave towards one another and, and, how, and the importance of love. I mean, the, the kind of central conflict in the film is light versus darkness and love versus evil. And, and this kind of this planet in the middle of the universe that, that exudes evil and gives evil to the rest of the, the universe and it's this kind of horrible uh, rotting sort of looking thing um, couldn't be more simplistic mm. you know and, uh, and, and it's so that's kind of the tenor of the film like it is that simple and um, it's well, for, what were your feelings when like Oprah appeared and I, thought, well, I mean, I love. I thought it was hilarious because she's about two hundred foot tall as well. So yeah, and she's that's not quite funny. Cloud, and, and, and I did think the words drag queen myself. I've got to say. Well, she appears with like different beaded eyebrows, like in but every scene. Hand, like, <laughs> but then you know, if, I think it's, it's part that the film is all inclusive. If you want to dress as a drag queen and be twenty five foot tall, then you absolutely should. But you know, you'll never find the drag queen so smug and knowing and like, you know, it's like and so saintly. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the way the world should be. Love, I, um, love, love, love. I did, I, did, um, I did kind of like the Mindy Kaling character. They're, they're these I hated her as well. Well, just let me fucking think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, there were these three uh, sort of, what are they called? Mrs. characters. There's Mrs. Watson. There's what, witch, and who? Mrs. Watson, Mrs. Witch, and Mrs. Who. Yeah. And Mindy Kaling, I think, is Mrs. Who. And um, she speaks... She's the only one who doesn't look like a drag queen. because she, She's dressed in kind of a, a, a sort of sari get-up most and of the time. They have this, the ugliest clothes I've ever seen in a movie. But again, you know, kids are not are not uh, couturios. So. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but the, <laughs> But the Mindy Kaling character speaks uh, almost exclusively in uh, quotes from other people, and it's explained in the film as 
she she thinks at such a high level, she, she thinks so much that she gets other writers and other thinkers to do her thinking for her when she does it out loud. Uh, which is kind of silly, but what it basically means is that there's this kind of litany mm. of uh, quotes that uh, comes out of her mouth, which it, it, um, it, it reminded me of The Page Master, which I don't know if you've ever seen. No. Page Master is a, a film from about 1995. Uh, it's m- largely animated. It's Macaulay Culkin in a library. And um, actually, it's a little bit like Ready Player One as well. He gets stuck inside novels. Mm. Um, and so he has to escape from sort of Moby Dick and Long John Silver and things. And so cinematically the film takes kids on a sort of tour mm. of some great literature mm. and uh, Mindy Kaling's character had an echo of that where it was you know she, so she, she she speaks in quotes from Churchill and uh, and the, the Persian poet Rumi and uh, Shakespeare you know and also yes. uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda right at the end and the is, film <laughs> is all new agey crap like that I was going to come on to that as well every wound is a light <laughs> I was going to come on to that as well but the, the, the point is just to say that I think actually that aspect of her character although although it meant that in some way she was restricted because she wasn't saying as much as the other characters. Um, it is quite good because it's just it's it's like sneaking kind of culture mm. <laughs> of a different sort into the film, mm. which I liked. The thing about the New Age stuff is so the central premise of the film is uh, the girls, the girls, both her parents, in fact, not just her dad, uh, are scientists. It's very vague about it. It's a, it's a kind of sci-fi fantasy, but it's incredibly vague about the sci-fi bit. Um, so they're kind of quantum-y scientists, like who knows. Mm. And the dad has clearly found a way to uh, get in between dimensions and travel across the universe mm. uh, very, very quickly through kind of wormholes. But um, and but the idea is he's actually been lost because this has happened, and they and they're searching for him. And I, and really, I don't really mind it because it doesn't delve into it too much, and it's not kind of misleading enough to be annoying or to be irresponsible. I think, but. Combined with Oprah Winfrey, it kind of is, because on her TV show for 20 years or more, she was constantly putting on people who dealt in new age, quantum woo, pseudoscience, and kind of magical thinking, and, and, and psychics as well. Mm. All this kind of bullshit she would put on her, sh- on her show and pipe into people's houses for two mm. decades, which is incredibly irresponsible. And so, and well, it's and it's saying that I think is, and and if people want people go, oh, we want her to be the next president. Okay, I don't well, think so. Let me let me take what you just said as a premise, though. I don't quite see it that way because, you know, the, I mean, I love Oprah, and I actually I think she created a lot of positive social change. I'm not saying she hasn't done that too. Okay, <laughs> I, I accept that. Uh, but where I was going with this was, you know, that her show sprung from an inquiring mind. So, you know, part of having all those quacks and new ages and whatever, you know, is was exploratory. And also these are this is what people believe with. And, you know, she tried to to find answers to questions that either she had or that people around her had or that were social questions in the U.S. I'm perfectly fine with that. What I hate about her appearance in this film anyway, though, actually, I've also seen her do this in other talk shows at the moment, is that she is now speaking as someone who has the answers. Mm. And that I resent, right? Yeah. You know, because I think, it's, A, it's just not true, really. And also, it's pop, right? Like, kind of, you know, so, so I just kind of, I hate the all-knowing tone, right? Because I think if, you know, one of the purposes of art is not only to enchant and so on, but it's actually, it's also to kind of to make you think, 
right? But the process is on you thinking, not on you accepting this new age babble shit mm. as, you know, something that is the truth and needs to be taught <laughs> and needs to be imbibed. And I think the film has that tone. I just hated it. I do accept that. Um, uh, I, I do. And I see what you mean. But I think that there is a mitigating factor, which is the intended age of much of the audience. I think this film really is aimed at almost almost preschoolers. Like It's really aimed at kind of maybe kids up to seven or eight or nine years old, to, to the point where the lessons that they learn are more about being taught as opposed to encouraged to reason, mm. You're, in terms of kind of moral lessons. Yes, well, you know, I think... Kind of... So the idea of a kind of... If like a fairy godmother almost is what she's being. And I'm not saying she's as good as the original fairy godmother. But I, mean, I think that's the kind of area that it's aiming at. If you at. think of a film like A Wizard of Oz, yeah, The Wizard of Oz, which, which actually it parallels in particular ways, mm. right? I mean, that's a complex film. You know, it asks complex questions. Like, you know, what is it to have a heart? You know, how do you live without a brain? Like, you know, they're almost like fundamental existential questions, yeah. really. You know, that kind of... You know, you have children asking that, you know, kind of, and it is quite incredible, you know, what is courage, right? Like, yeah, it kind of, you know, uh, and and there it's like the wizard is a con and, you know, kind of, it, it, yeah, it's so much more complex. So, you know, to excuse it on the basis that it's a film aimed at children, to teach such pap that's to true. children... You know, no, that's actually, that's true. And that's actually a really good point. We, I mean, when when you think about the Wizards of Oz and how good that film was, a lot of it was in the idea that it was it was in her the entire time. And actually, the the idea that it's a dream mm. in the end really means it was inside her the whole mm. time. She was teaching herself this lesson, mm. and um, and and in this, it is much more simplistic, and it's much more a case of you know, this wasn't in you the whole time. Or uh, there's a kind of thing with the girl where she has to learn to 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 find courage in herself, but um. But it is more a case of being given answers yes. than than uh, learning them. Yes. Um, and the child actor who played the brother was irritating beyond belief, <laughs> right? Like, kind of... Uh, so I hated that. I hated all three. Reese Witherspoon, uh, Oprah Winfrey, and... What was Mindy Kaling. M- Mindy Kaling. I hated all of them. They were horribly dressed. I mean, the ugliest clothes uh, and most inexpressive clothes... Now, I mean, I think, you know, there there were, like, interesting little set pieces. So, for example, you know, the bit where all the mothers are asking, it smells of roast chicken, and the mothers are asking their children to come in home, right? And I suppose it's giving yes. them the message that you shouldn't go with strangers and so on. Well, that's really, that was almost about conformity to me, like, because everyone was acting in unison there, bouncing the balls together and creating this horrible rhythm. And, yes, exactly. And had this sort of, it was this 1950s, 1960s, Picket Fence, Americana, which was incredibly scary. And actually, um, that, I think, has a racial component, thinking about it, because that's really about... They were all white. And it's a very white America. Yeah. So um, no, I'm very threatening. That that bit, I like. Yeah. Um, You know, I liked that flower or whatever that, you know, where the children fly, uh, you know, towards... Some other dimension. Oh, Reese Witherspoon turns into a big flying plant. That's right. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I like the design of that. Uh, uh, the other bits, particularly in the dark world or whatever, I thought they looked really cheap, you know. Um, the, the bit where they are walking on physics formulations or whatever, yeah. that I liked. Yeah, that was cool. simple and spare and elegant. You know, so I think, you know, kind of... Um, I, think, I think I kind of There did. were things that were imaginative, 
Um, I think I did like the the central premise in it, in the design of the uh, kind of evil home world because thinking about the idea of conformity, I think that when they end up in that in that white room, mm. um, that that they end up climbing out through the through the sketches that mm. they use. Um, uh, that that room is almost completely white, but it's just it has it has a kind of geometric. It's, there's just dots all over it in a grid, and that there's an emphasis there. It's it's a design unlike anything you've seen in the rest of the film. Yes. There's an emphasis. It's it's again it's kind of classic sort of. It's like like the Death Star or something like or kind of angular as opposed to organic and rich like the like all the natural world and um and it's, and it's expressing you know sort of a totalitarian uh you know kind of conformist evil regime but. Yeah. Mm. Which again, I think it's maybe not saying very much, but it's expressive uh, quite efficiently of, of the world it's, it's portraying. The film has a few elements of design like that that are quite striking. Uh, but overall, I found it hateful, really. Yeah, it's 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 not good enough really. But I think I think it's it's about time that black and uh, well non-white kids. Uh, had a mediocre kids' film to enjoy. <laughs> well, they they sure got one. <laughs> also, I was, there's something interesting going on with the dad because the, the, the search is for the dad. So you got the daughter and the and the younger brother looking for the dad, and also her mate comes along who's obviously mm. interested in it. Although I kind of think he's probably going to turn out to be gay. I thought so too. I mean, when, at the end when he said, "I've got things to discuss with my father," I thought, well, "What are they?" <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he had had like a like a flashback, like a briefest like shot in a flashback. I can't remember what. There was just obviously something going on in his life that he needs to talk to his mum and dad about. But it's like, well, he's definitely going to say that he's gay, isn't he? Yeah. Um, well, um, but, um, but the, so they're going off to search for the dad, and then the the the, the witches or the missuses have to leave them when they get to the evil place. There's too much hate. There's too much hate. Then surviving. Right, too, much, too much darkness. <laughs> too much darkness. So they're off on their own, which is probably the legitimate way of kind of getting it into the kind of core mm. of you know the kids have got to fight this for themselves. Um, and they, they, they find the dad and the dad's very sorry and it was it, he didn't leave them it was a mistake that he was trapped there mm. for so long um, but then the, the young son has been kind of taken over and reprogrammed by the evil people mm. um, and, and the dad's response is to go let's leave him <laughs> I can't lose a kid again. We've got to come back. He's gone. We can't. And it's the daughter who says, no, I'm staying for him. Mm. Uh, which I think is wonderful, you know. But it also means that when they eventually get home and she saved her brother, dad has got some explaining to do. And that's how the film ends. With but, it, but he doesn't do it. Like yeah. He says, I'm sorry. But what he means is, I'm sorry that I was away. Not, I'm sorry I almost sacrificed your brother. And not only your brother, your adopted brother, which makes it all the more um, yeah. of a loose end. That, so that's another of the film's many, 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 many problems. But it's life. also another of, of its inclusivities, because it talks of, of, of an adopted... Adopted children being unloved. <laughs> Possibly. You know, yeah. Uh, but, well, that's the message that, you know, he's willing to sacrifice himself for his biological da- daughter, but not for his adopted that might be son. True, but, it's also, it's, oh. it's, but it's also the, the biological sister who, you know, decides, no, I love him more than I love going home. Well, that is also true. You know? But, you know, nonetheless, that is there. Yeah. You know? And as you say, it isn't explained away by the film. No. So, um... Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the costume design because I think it's atrocious, uh, um, those shapes. So there's, there's two things that are going on that I, you know, that, um, that I want to comment on. First, you know, all of those dresses are made in what is to me a really interesting 
and remarkable in the sense of it being worthy of note, use of color. So it's using a, a range and a palette and a set of contrasting colors, you know, that you rarely see and that I very much associate with Latin America and the Caribbean. Yeah, they're brighter colors and, you know, there's more color and so on. Primary colors as well. Um, so, so I thought all of that was wonderful to see. But the shapes in which, you know, these women are dressed are just atrocious, right? And also, I thought it was almost like kind of irresponsible. So, so you can see that, like, Oprah Winfrey must have insisted, you know, on how she is to be presented. Because at least, you know, I think she looks like a drag queen, but at least she's immaculate, right? Whereas every time you see Reese Witherspoon, you think, what have they done to you? Mm. Right? Like, you know, that hair, that stringy... You know, she's meant to be a fairy, for Christ's sake, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, an otherworldly kind of, you know, d- uh, dyadic being, you know. And she's kind of presented like, a, you know, a 50-year-old hippie who stayed too long smoking reefers at the beach. It's just... I, I... Yeah, she has, she has a, a, a sort of incomplete look to her somehow. Like she has, she, it's like she hasn't enough, had enough money spent on her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she might have been one of the producers. It might, it might be as simple as that. <laughs> I didn't. I I didn't enjoy a lot of the cinematography. Um, I, I, it's it's probably partially a function of the fact that we we were sat so close to the screen, but also there's actually a very heavy reliance, uh, particularly in the first half of the film, I'd say, on uh, very very large close-ups that have been taken with a, a reasonably long lens, and it, it seems to be, as I recall it. Um, uh, handheld quite a lot so you don't get a good sense of of scene geography sometimes or like you have just enough to establish it but then it, the film's really interested in getting you close in on faces but you it actually feels very tight and claustrophobic and not that pleasant to watch it's just yes. visually unpleasant really yes. not a nice place to be and not kind of uncomfortable and i wouldn't say it got so far that i was kind of feeling uh you know like seasick or whatever but it, it was not pleasant and i think the film could have been it didn't require it, you know. It's it's almost got like this handheld, like born identity look, that, that is totally unwarranted, yes. and could be a lot calmer. And I, it's it doesn't seem to have any purpose. Mm. Uh, I I found that really disappointing, really kind of because Edward uh, Verne is such a good director. Uh, Selma was a pretty decent film. Obviously, Thirteenth was a documentary, but Thirteenth is just unbelievably good. Mm. Um, this film seemed really subpar for her. Well, I, I think it's terrible. It's to me, it's not even yeah. like subpar. Doesn't doesn't do what I feel about it justice, which I is that um, it's a terrible film. And I and and I again, I just hated that know it all smugness with which it kind of it's, it doesn't even dramatize. It's like it's like a lesson, you know, that you're subjected to by these ignorant people who think they know it all. The, the well. more, <laughs> I would say the, the moral of the story to me is um, if you've got kids and you're thinking of taking them to see this very guardedly because on the basis of its kind of representations like there might be some value in it but what I would really say is uh, show them The Page Master from 1995 which is a brilliant little film and everyone should see it if they haven't already seen The Wizard of Oz if they haven't seen yeah Wizard of Oz then The Page Master then this okay we're on uh, Twitter we're on Facebook all the stuff oh, you've heard it Yes, but let's say it again. Properly. Okay. <laughs> so we are eavesdropping at the movies. You can catch us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, uh, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Yeah, on, on Twitter we're at eavesdrop movies, and everything else is just eavesdropping at the movies. Right. So um, thanks for listening. There you go.